Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. I was thinking in the back, the hardest time to ever preach, I don't know how to describe it, but the hardest time to ever preach is when you feel the gooey goodness of God. Like more than when you have fear. I remember the first few times I did uh, weddings, that was terrifying. And then it gets fine after that, but you never want to mess up someone's wedding, you know? And um, but I feel like feeling the goodness of God is really difficult to preach in. And um, I was in the back just going, Jesus, how am I going to do this? And um, you guys ever feel like that? Your heart's almost melting and I'm supposed to talk for a while. Um, I was just thinking about how Jesus is alive. The man, the God man. There's one person, one person defeated death and sin. One man. He's alive and well today. He's alive. He's alive today. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And he's, he's so alive right now that he's aware of us and he sees us. The guy who lived 2,000 years ago. The perfect Lamb of God who did no sin, did no wrong. Death couldn't hold him down. Death is a result of sin. Jesus didn't commit any. And yet he paid a penalty that he, he never did anything to deserve that. Period. Death couldn't hold him. The guy's alive right now. And he actually wants to connect with us. I'm really excited about that. I want to um, go off of last week. Pastor Jesse uh, gave a great word. If you were not here, you should, you should listen to it. I thought it was wonderful. Um, but a couple things that were said that I'm, I'm just going to, we're just going to lay as a foundation almost and build upon it today. He was saying, you know, we got to be thankful for things even before we experience them. And he was talking about, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. And this concept of being able to have hope and this concept of having faith that we can rejoice in the moment even before we are seeing whatever we are hoping for. The fact of hope means that something for the future, right? Otherwise, hope has to do with something to come, which means that it's not fully manifested in a certain way. Yet, you can rejoice in this moment. I want to bounce off of that a little bit. I am going to veer us in a whole other direction on it, but um, I want to add to it. If you can go to Second Peter. Um, I don't know why I want to say this, but Jessica had another dream. Uh, I felt, it's funny, I actually heard yesterday I was at a wedding and someone was cracking a joke that I say dreams a lot whenever I preach. Um, but I had another dream, and in the dream, um, I don't know how long in the future this is or whatnot, but there was a future church building for our community, and I was walking around in it with, um, with Jesse, and we're looking at it and stuff and whatnot, and I walk outside, and you're there, and you're very happy, and you said, Micah, you want a cookie? <laughs> and, um, and you gave me a cookie, 
And then we walk together around the side of the building. We're looking at the foundation of this building. And it had, give, it had, had new bricks laid for a foundation, and you were a part of that. And I just, I feel like, I feel like this is, number one, you've already done that and you're doing that. But I just feel like it was a minivan behind you and you had cookies. And I think this mom's spirit, life, joy, adventure, giving, childlikeness, I don't know what it is, but I pray that this season of whatever we go through as a church just brings that even more out of you and just, it's like the cookie distributor, you know? I don't know how else to describe that. Um, whoo. So this last week in, in our staff meeting, we did a little Bible study on Second Peter. We're not going to do a Bible study per se right now, but I want to bounce off of a theme that we were hitting on. Uh, this is Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has given to you through his power all things all things that pertain to life and godliness in him. Whew. What, is it, what does it look like for you to truly believe for yourself that you're not in lack for anything? What does it look like for you to truly believe that you're not in lack for anything when you feel weak, can you say, I am strong? It might, some of us have a hard time doing that. I, I personally used to have a hard time doing that. I remember a number of years ago, we would pray for sick people. Um, and I remember uh, in that time, I can't even count how many people we've seen. It's ridiculous. But I remember getting perturbed in my heart with the, with the thought of a concept of, I'm going to say that I'm healed before I'm healed. And that would bug me. And I'd be like, that just sounds so weird. Why are you saying that? You're obviously not healed yet. And this is coming from somebody who loved to pray for people. Okay, so I'm not against it. I'm praying for people, and we're actually seeing people get healed. <clears throat> but it doesn't bother me anymore because I, I see it differently. When you're in a family situation or you're overwhelmed with your human duties or you're in a financial predicament. Can we be people who see beyond how we feel, how we perceive human-wise, what seems logical to something far greater and more true that will literally, like a seed that brings forth fruit in a tree, bring forth something from us through a thing called faith? Can we be people that when we're poor, we say, I am rich? And when we are weak, we say, I am strong. 
The Bible says that Jesus has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You lack nothing if you're a Christian. You lack nothing. The only thing you might perceive to be lack is a manifestation of a hope or something that you're wanting. Yeah? But you actually lack no thing. <laughs> you have the God of the universe who made everything in you. He's become one with you. Is that not wild? You partake of his nature now. You're radically different than you used to be. Listen to this. Jesse just walked in. I'm bouncing off of some of your thoughts from last week. I don't know saying how I loved it so much. <laughs> this is in um, the Gospel of Mark. You can go there if you want to. Gospel of Mark. It should be around verse chapter 5. Yeah. In chapter 5, starting in verse 21, there's a story of a woman healed. And it says, let me see here, verse 30. Yes, yes, this is it. We're going to go, let's start with the whole story. Let's read the story if you've never heard it. Verse 25. <clears throat> Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. We all know what that is, yes? For 12 years, could you imagine? Wow. And had suffered many things from the physicians. Hmm. She had spent all that she had and was not better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, if I only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciple says, said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? In other words, bro, everybody's touching you. <laughs> and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. He catches eyes with the woman. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Is this not wild, guys? Okay. Jesus is in a crowd walking by. A woman, issue of blood. How many years? 12 years. If this woman says, if I only touch him, I'll be made well, it gives the idea that she was a person who believes. Um, 
if she's walking around with this crowd, she's like 99.99999% a Jew. Okay? Because if it's a Samaritan, I'm sure the crowd would have gone nuts and it probably would have said something. <clears throat> so you've you got 99.99% chance it's a Jew, Jewish woman, a person who's got faith in God, hears about the Messiah, gets some faith stirred up in her about him, and comes and grabs his garment while he's walking by in a crowded area, and she's healed of something that she dealt with for 12 years going to doctors. Is this not interesting? Do you, uh, what I want to do for you, what I want to say today is I want us to not think about, I don't want you to think right now as if you're the woman and going to grab Jesus. I want you to think differently right now. I want you to think that Jesus is in you now. And he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. That they're in you. That rivers of living water shall flow from your belly. The Bible says, Jesus says, he noticed something. Did you, did you guys catch what he noticed? He says he noticed that power came out of him. Not that it fell from heaven. He perceived that power came out of him. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power, say power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us. You are a little Christ, i.e. Christian. Yeah? If you're not a Christian, put your faith in Jesus. There's only one man who rose from the dead. Every, every religion, you could try to do really good stuff with morality, but there's only one person on the planet that death does not have captivity over. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and he's alive right now. And this living man can give you eternal life because he's conquered it. Oh, that's fun. Hmm. But God has given you something as a Christian, and he's the Holy Spirit. It's God himself, Holy Spirit, the Lord Almighty, coming and dwelling within you, within you. And it's from you that it flows to the world. The Bible says, Jesus said to her, he says, what made her well? What made her well? Her faith. He said, your faith has made you well. That might upset some people. Because maybe they have a certain concept of faith that means you're trying really hard brain-wise almost, and you're saying, I got to be healed. This lady wasn't tripping on her brain. She wasn't trying really hard mentally exacerbated. I don't see that in the scripture. She just concluded in herself, I got to touch this guy's garment. It's a place of coming and clinging unto Christ. That's what faith is. But there's power in each of us. You're not in lack of anything. Even if we were talking about sin, you're not in lack of righteousness. You're not in lack. It is actually a, vin a victim mentality, this, this, this 
weakness mentality that actually prevents us from even understanding what we have in the first place from him. Listen, if you have to actually believe something before you walk in it, you better really believe that you've give, you have all things that pertain to life and godliness in you right now. Because if you're still asking after you receive the Holy Ghost as if he's still got to give you something more for your breakthrough, it ain't true. It's in you. It might need to manifest. Yes? But this comes from a place of place where we say in ourselves, I know that I have power, the resurrection power. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. I know that I have the righteousness of God in me right now. I have got the king of peace in me right now. When I'm feeling anxious, let the anxious say, I am calm. Let the fearful say, I'm bold, and, and I'm aware, and I'm hopeful. Let the depressed say, my life's going to get better. <laughs> Come on. We, we as humans can live in that, but what Scripture teaches us in Second Peter, as you read this whole portion, what Peter's telling us is, you've been given something, God has a will for you. Do you know what his will is? I was back there thinking, God, God has a will for you. His will is that you would grow up and look more and more like him. The Bible says his will for you is your sanctification. That means you growing up in holiness. That means you, in your own unique way, we're all different. Every one of us is different. We each have certain gifts and qualities in terms of just our creativeness and whoever God created us to be. You're unique. I'm unique. We're all unique. Some of us maybe have similarities, right? But we're very unique people. But in our uniqueness, God comes to shine and mature us. His character shines through all of us, even though we have differences. And Christ wants to manifest himself through us and wants us to get into a place where the world can see him through you. But that will never happen if you're here and God is just way up somewhere in the ether. You guys get what I'm saying? He, he says, I will give you Holy Spirit. He will make his home in you. The Lord is here. You are stronger than you know you are. You're more brilliant than you know you are. You're more creative than you know you are. <laughs> You're more wealthy than you know you are. Mm. You've got more life than you might know that you have. It's called eternal. <laughs> you might... You might, have, you might have some groaning in this earthly tent. You might have some grumbling in your bank account. But you've got something inside that's so great. It's a whole nother thinking level. But it is true, and it's the reality for every Christian. Jesus wasn't walking around, and, the, and when his bank account was low, and the, and the disciples come to him and go, OMG, 
Jesus? And he says, yes. And they say, we don't have money to pay this tax. Jesus didn't say, oh, man. Uh-oh. The father's not faithful. I thought I was rich. What'd he say? He said, man, is my translation. He said, man, go fish. He said, go catch a fish, and you're going to find a gold coin in his mouth. How dumb does that sound? I mean, if you really think about it. That's crazy. Who would ever? How? He, his brain, he's not on this. Oh, no, we are in lack. He immediately goes, catch a fish. The guy, he's so connected to what the father's doing or what the spirit wants to do that he's, he's just, man, it's not a problem. That's, are you guys following what I'm saying? Man. They ran out of food. They're all hungry. People following them for, th have you ever had people follow you for three days and they haven't eaten? <laughs> I haven't. That's crazy. Three days in a desert, like there ain't trees growing in that area. Like in the area that they were, it was pretty desolate. They're like almost like desert. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And you're just hanging out there for three days without food following this guy and they've got, they've got nothing. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, feed them. Their brains go, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. Are you kidding me, Jesus? Feed them? We just had to get a gold coin out of a fish's mouth. <laughs> what are you talking about? Feed them? It's going to take, it's like a, it's like a year's wage and all. It's crazy that amount that's going to cost a feed. I can't remember. Was it 3,000 people or is it 5,000 people? Anyways, there's two different accounts. Yes. But in this one story, I don't remember which one it was. Thousands of people. Thousands of people. He's like, it's going to cost so much money. And Jesus is like, no. Nah. What do you have? What do you have? This little kid, imagine him, dude, just popping his head up, listening. You know, he's probably not supposed to be there. He's behind some rock, you know? <laughs> the apostles talking to Jesus. They're probably glowing or something. I'm just kidding. You got this little kid behind a rock, you know? He's got his lunch sack. Somehow he's got food. Maybe he ran down to the water earlier and got something. I don't know. His parents were following, and while they're doing it, he's grabbing food. I don't know what this kid's doing, but he pops up. He goes, I got some bread and fish. What does Jesus say? He doesn't go, oh, man, better go plow those fields for a good while or tell all these people to spray. He says, that's enough. He says, that's enough. That's enough. What you have is enough. What you have is enough. That guy, that same guy, Jesus, is in you. The Spirit of Jesus is in you. Holy Spirit. And what you have physically, and where you're at physically, and how you feel emotionally, and what you're going through, and your concerns about God knows what. We're humans, come on. 
what you have, the little bit, the little faith, the little whatever is enough. It's enough. God takes it. I don't know how the Jesus did this. Yeah, he was just passing out the fish this way. The bread. Thousands of people. They actually put it in baskets. I do know how he did it. They tore it and put it in baskets, and they're passing it around. But anyways, after they all fed, you say, wow, that's a crazy miracle. You know, there's like way more after the fact. Way more after the fact. His bank account didn't speak to him in that moment. His lack didn't speak to him in that moment. It didn't speak to him in the moment before. Jesus, you know what's interesting? You know Jesus, when he was walking, didn't, the, the woman didn't grab his, his uh, hem of his garment, and he didn't turn and go, I decide to heal you. <laughs> That's not what happened. She touched his garment, and he goes. <laughs> Who touched me? Who touched me? Everyone looking at him like, what are you doing, Jesus? I felt power come out of me. <laughs> she, he didn't even say, I want to heal you. It wasn't even like, it is my will. Like, there's whole other scriptures on that, but man, this time he didn't do any of that. He's just like, who touched me? That's a whole other, that's crazy. That, that power that was in him that came out is in you. Is that crazy? And there's obviously a place for us to grow as, he, as Christians and as humans, right? His will for you is your sanctification. You've become partakers of the divine nature. He wants you to grow to the full stature of Christ. Let your roots grow down deep in the love of God. That you would bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Yes? But all things that pertain to life and godliness, he's given to you. You do have it right now. This life is temporary, but you have all of it right now. And you might, you might just, you will, you might just go through seasons in your life where you feel certain ways or you perceive lack or you perceive illness. And those are all actually real things. It's not fake. The lack that they had of feeding people was not like make-believe. In the worldly sense, it was more real than let's multiply bread and fish. <laughs> what I'm asking and what I'm encouraging for myself as well, that we would come into a different mindset and live in a different mindset all the days of our life, which recognizes Jesus, our God and Savior, the knowledge of him. It's from the knowing him, the knowledge of him, that grace and peace are multiplied unto you. Meaning this, you have what you need in you, but that very thing that you need, for it to multiply, for it to multiply. <laughs> if you have peace in you, he wants to multiply peace in you. Yes? But it's multiplied through what? The knowledge of him, knowing him. This perception, this view this knowing, this recognition that the man, Jesus, is alive. 
and he's my God. <laughs> he's my God. <laughs> he's my God, and he loves me, and he gave his life for me. If he did not spare his own son, will he deny you any good thing? No, the answer is no. If you were wondering, some of you might. The answer is no. <laughs> I don't know. Will he? Does that mean? No, he won't. Mm. In this world, you will have tribulation. See, there's a truth that. There's a truth that. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness in me. Yeah? That's a truth. It's not a theory. It's a truth. If that's true, man, I shouldn't be dealing with any death or sin or anything. No, no, no. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus had all things that pertain to life and godliness in him. The guy hung on a tree and died. Then they mocked him. Physician, heal yourself. Hmm. We live intense like we do right now for the salvation and the soul of humanity. We live in the state that we live in right now for the world to come to know Jesus. I mean, if we're just going to talk biblically. And some of you are like, I'm living here because I got this or that. And that might be a side thing. Yes, you've got personal things that God wants to do through you. But if we're talking macro, big, big vision, we are all here. Humans on the planet because Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish. And perishing does not mean dying in your body, your body dying. It means your soul. Yeah. He wants everybody to have eternal life. Yeah? In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good. How are you going to be happy in tribulation? You're not always going to giggle. But the joy can be set before you that actually puts you in a place to endure some pretty wild stuff. <laughs> She'd like that. <laughs> be of good cheer. You might not always be happy in a tribulation, but you can always see a certain way that looks beyond your circumstance. What happened right after Jesus multiplied the bread and fish? Do we know? Some of you might. They went onto a boat, and all of a sudden, you know, Jesus and, and it's crazy waves and whatnot, and the guy's sleeping down below, Jesus. We're going to die, Jesus. The waves. You know what he says? He comes up. He looks at all of them. He says, Did, didn't you see the loaves and the fish? And you're you're still looking at the storm? I'm so chill, I'm sleeping downstairs. 
obviously, we might have some room to grow throughout our storms, right? <laughs> but God wants to get us to a place of such a supernatural rest, a supernatural peace, a place of seeing something so clearly that all those around you might not see it that way. When certain people are harassing you all around you, you see love and life for them and an opportunity for their salvation and transformation. When you see lack, you see God's provision. You know, he's about to come through. <laughs> he says, Don't, didn't you see the bread and the fish? And they're probably still dazed and confused. And then what does he do? Peace, be still. But yet the guy's peace was from here first. He was resting in the storm, and he had an internal peace that he was able to release it to the outside. You have all things that pertain to life and godliness in you right now. In you right now. You might feel lack, and that feeling might be real. You might feel pain. That feeling is definitely real. These are real things. Yes? But God is in you, and God can go way beyond your natural, natural, rational thinking of what you need to do. And He's the God of miracles, He is Creator God, and every bit of power that raises the dead, and every bit of righteousness that brings godliness to you is in you right now. You don't deal with your sin by thinking you're still the past sinner. You deal with the sin knowing I've got all godliness in me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's a different declaration than I'm a sinner hoping someday. No, you were a sinner saved by grace. Now you're the righteousness of God. That's why it says I was. That's past tense. But then he says in present tense, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah? Wow. That faith, that faith allows the righteousness in you to flow through your life. As you set your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, the living one, the guy who's actually alive today. Right? Are we all good? Okay. Can I get uh, whoever was going to be on the worship? It goes on and says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, 
to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and, and, you, and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Let us not be short-sighted and see this temporary life and forget that what we have is something so great it goes beyond all the issues. You... You've been cleansed from your sin in Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a holy child. He lives in you. Get some hope stirred up in whatever the areas that you need it, whatever things are happening. View yourself differently. Not in a, it's not about human pride. It's about Jesus living in you. Because God wants the world to see him through you. And that's not going to happen unless we understand what a Christian is. Like, can we get to a place where we say, I no longer live, Christ lives in me? Because that's ultimately what we're going towards. That's what it means. Come on. Sometimes I get jealous. For those people who don't know me, like, what is this guy doing? I can't. Sometimes I get, <laughs> it's either that or I'll start laughing. I, I just feel bubbles. Um. Let me pray for you, Father. I thank you that you have brought the miracle we all needed. I thank you that you've brought the miracle that we've all needed. Some of you are wanting a miracle. I just want to encourage you. You got the miracle 2,000 years ago, first and foremost. His name is Jesus. He died for you. He resurrected, and he's alive today. Hmm. There's some of you that need wisdom. And he wants to give it to you, and it's in you right here. And I just see the branches starting to grow and fruit coming out. The, the things that you need as you start to believe. No, no, no. I, you know, God, he's not just passing out fish to you anymore. He's teaching you to fish, right? He's Sometimes there might be a little bit more birth pangs because you need to learn who you are, not still live like who you used to be. And some of that is understanding who you are, growing in wisdom, making good decisions in your life, trusting him, believing in him, walking with him, walking it out with him, yeah? But God has every thought you, you need. He's got everything you need in you, okay? If you're sick today, I want you to just thank God that you, I want you to say this about yourself. Say, I am the life of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Come on. Yeah. All things that pertain to life are in you. He's, he is the resurrection and the life. You no longer live. He lives in you. In Christ. Say, in Christ. I, I am life in Christ. Come on, guys. If you've been struggling with sin, I want you to say something. I want you to say, I'm the righteousness of God. Some, some of y'all been, and it could be various things from whatever, I don't even know. Even if you've been getting bitter, anything like that, I'm the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. I, I, I don't need to be short-sighted and see so temporary. I, I don't need to see so according to the flesh and take things so personally. This life is so much more than that. Yeah? If you're poor, I want you to say, I am rich. <laughs> that might really upset some of you. What is this? Gospel of prosperity? Well, yes. I will, above all else, that you would prosper and be in health. Third John 1, 2. I will, above all else, that you would prosper and be in health. I, I actually want that for you, too. And you all know me. I'm not in this for money. Come on. But I want you to prosper and be in health. Uh, let the poor say, I am rich. You are so rich, it's ridiculous. You don't have just a Wells Fargo bank account. You have infinite, you can't even imagine infinite. You can't even imagine it. Infinite treasures. Why? Because it's more than treasure. It's the power of God. And the power of God made the universe in you. Come on. If you're feeling weak, I can't do this. Sometimes I hear that around me. I can't do this. I'm done. I'm spent. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. Let the weak say, I am strong. Say, I am strong. I know you feel weak. I know you feel dead. And I know you feel so tired. You don't ever want to do this again. You are strong. Because the one in you is a roaring lion. You're bold as a lion. You look at your future unafraid because you've got a God with you who's the living God. God, that's crazy. Yes, you're strong. You are strong. You're stronger than you think you are. Come on, I know that's for a few of you. I love you guys. Wow, Lord, I just thank you. I bless these people in Jesus' name as we just worship you right now, Father. I pray, I pray, God, that your spirit flows out of each of us, that we wouldn't quench your spirit, but that we'd actually believe what you did. And I pray, Jesus, that your spirit would flow from us in such a way that the things that we're thinking we need, we would go so far beyond that, that we literally start to love people and put others' needs above our own because we can go beyond even ourselves, which is the next step. Come on. I pray that right now. I pray for rivers of living water to flow from your belly. That your mind would be caught up in thinking to another level of thinking than the worldly one. Because you've been attached to a person and he's alive and well. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. The source, the rage from the inside of me.